Hello again. <laughs> Hello again, mga kapatid. Uh, I am here again to share the word of the Lord to all of us. And we are so grateful for another Sunday that as a family of believers, we are gathered here at Shekinah Hall. Alam ko po na it's a busy, busy week. Lalong-lalo na po sa mga kagaya ko na ang aming mga amo ay Chinese. So, kuskus po talaga until next week. We, but we thank God for His grace that He has blessed upon all of us, that He sustained us all. Kaya marami pong salamat sa inyong prayers. I know that many of you are praying for us. And uh, we are just so grateful to be a part of this family of believers. Today, uh, I just want to share something to us about the lives of the Jews, the Israelites who are in Egypt. One thing I want to ask for us today is that do you agree with me? That we are where we are today because of God. He placed us wherever we are, whatever kind of work, wherever kind of place we are working, it is God who placed us there. It, we might not be reluctant at first to come. For example, it is not your choice to come and work to Singapore as a helper. But you are here. You may want to go somewhere else because the pay is better. But the Lord somehow has directed you here. Why? Because this place, this country, it is where the Lord wants us to be. For the Israelites, it is not their choice also to be in Egypt for more than 400 years. In chapter 2 of Exodus, they were there for 430 years. And they were there because of the famine that is crippling around Canaan for seven years. And surprisingly, with God's provisions and providence, he has placed Joseph in that land to prepare for that seven years of famine. So all of these things has been guided, provided, and led by the Lord. Today, we are going to discuss chapter 14, and this is the time where the Israelites will be out of Egypt. And as we all know, because chapter 14 is the one of the most popular story or Bible reading, even the priest kids, they know that by heart. They know how did Moses open up with his snap and the, the sea open up and the people walk through the dry land. They know all of this. But today with this simple, I should say this is a simple and most of us knows about it. The prayer of my heart is that all of us might learn something that we could apply when we are facing our Red Sea moments. We may not know, or maybe after we have heard the word today, we realize that actually we are facing some Red Sea moments that we do not know what to do. So today I entitled this sermon, I borrowed this from the song of Don Moen, God Will Make a Way. I borrowed this one. So, kung, uh, they will uh, complain because I, I'm saying now, I borrowed it only. It's not my own. <laughs> so, let us, may I invite everyone to please rise up with me as we read these selected verses from chapter 14 of Exodus. We will be reading from 14, chapter 14, 1 to 16, and then we will jump to 27 to 31, ESB version. Join me, my brethren, to, lead, to read these verses from chapter 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Piharirot between Migdol and the sea, in front of Baal Zipron. You shall encamp facing it by the sea, 
For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, They are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people. And they said, What is this that we have done, that we have let Israel go for serving us? So he made ready his chariots and took his army with him. He took 600 chosen chariots and all of those chariots of Egypt with officers all over them. And then the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them in camp by the sea by Pharaoh in front of Baal Zephon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because that there is no grip in Egypt that you have taken us out away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us to bring us out of Egypt? Is not that this we have said to you in Egypt, Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would be been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see it again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch forth your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry land. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea turned to into normal course when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled into it, and the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The water turned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, of all the hosts of Pharaoh, and followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on the right, the right hand on, on the left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day. The hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this, morning, this afternoon. Thank you for your word that we have just read. Father, whatever are the things that you want us to learn from the experience of these Egyptians and how you have cared for and how you have led your people out of slavery. Father, we pray that give us, Lord, understanding that comes from you, wisdom from the guidance and leading of your Holy Spirit. And may you bless our fellowship and our reading and our, and our uh, message of your word today. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Makakaupo na po tayong lahat. So the question is, uh, like what I've said earlier, why did they end up there? Of all the places, why Egypt? Of all the places in the Middle East, why Egypt? Pwede naman sa Lebanon, pwede naman sa ibang lugar. But why is it that it is in Egypt? In the earlier part of Genesis, in the middle part of Genesis, this has been prophesied by God himself. He told, God told Moses, uh, God told Abraham, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, 
and they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. But I will punish the nation deserved as slaves, and after they will come out with great position. This is the word of the Lord to Abraham in chapter 15, verse 13 and 14 in the book of Genesis. So this thing that happened to Israel has already been prophesied by the Lord. God is all-knowing that he knows what will happen towards the end. He knows everything, not just the past, but everything else he knows. So the days and the time of coming of the Israelites into the Egypt, into Egypt, into Egypt God had already planned and God had already made it for them to do. So the time that Joseph was in that place, it was God who prepared him to be the leader of the second in command in Egypt. It is not the doing of most of Joseph, but it is God who has guided this man so that in the time of famine, these people, the Israelites, will have plenty and they will be sustained because it will be hard for everyone during that period. So it is him who guided them. It is God who guided them. So it is not purely, it is never an accident. It is never the will or God's way, or the way of Abraham nor Jacob. Because even Jacob, when Joseph had called him to join him, to join him in Egypt, is rather reluctant to go. He does not want to go, maybe out of fear or something. But God assured Jacob when Joseph had called him and he says, Do not be afraid in chapter 46, verse 3. I am the God, the God of your father, he said to Jacob. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely break you back, bring you back, and Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. So that had happened. So chapter 14, when they are about to get out of Egypt, it is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham that he will bring them out of the slavery in Egypt. So Israel has been suffering slavery in Egypt for maybe quite some time for, because the king that had replaced the, the, car, or the previous uh, Pharaoh, they had forgotten the deeds and the good works of Joseph. Maybe through generation, one generation to another, they had forgotten it. But during the early part, maybe, they still can remember. But as the succession of Pharaoh goes by, they have forgotten what Joseph has done for the people of Egypt. That's why now is the time when last Sunday, Pastor Ruel has shared to us that Israel called upon the Lord. They groaned and called upon the Lord because they want God to help him, help them to get out of there. And he says, his quote, Pastor Ruel has quoted this to us, that God hears the cry of his people when they are broken, desperate and humble enough to acknowledge their sin, limitations, lack, and need. So he, we have learned last week how the people have called upon the Lord and the Lord had answered their call. So he raised up Moses and Aaron to lead the people out of Israel. Now it is time for them to leave. After these 10 plagues that they have, uh, the Egyptian has encountered, and the last one is the death of the firstborn son of the Egyptians and the death, even the animals also, male animals, all of them are dead, the firstborn. So with that, King Pharaoh, the Pharaoh have allowed them to go. So what can we learn about this situation? 
Because as we see, they are cornered in one corner that they do not know where to go and where to lead. So what can we learn from the situation of the Israelites? First thing that we can learn is that we need to pay attention to God's direction. So to the people of Israel, the instruction to them is that then the Lord said to Moses, so the Lord give instruction to Moses and Moses will tell the people, tell the people of Israel to turn back and come in front of Beparirot between Migdol and the sea. In front of Baal Sipron, you shall encamp facing it by the sea. So specifically, the Lord is saying to Israel to tell the people because they are out of Gushen. Gushen is the place where they are staying, where they multiply, and many of them, they become very productive. The Israelites have become very productive in Gushen. And they are out of Gushen, and they are now in Sukkot. Now, the Lord had told Moses for the people to turn around and go back, and they need to encamp facing the sea. So if they are facing the sea, logically, if I am Moses, how are we going to get out of here? If I'm the one, if I'm, the, I'm in the situation of Moses, I might be analyzing, Lord, you want us to get out of here, but you place us, you place us here at the corner of the sea. You want us to jump at the sea and drown? But God has his way. Why he allows such things to happen? Remember the, the passages that we have read? God says that he will show to Pharaoh that he is great and mighty, that he is God. He will gain glory. He wants to show Pharaoh that he will gain glory because he is the God Almighty. And he is using, God is using this time of the Israelites to show him who is this God whom the Israelites want to serve and wants to go to Mount Horeb. So this is where they went. And during the time, it's not only that Moses speaks to them. They were also guided by the presence of the Lord through the presence of the pillar of the cloud by day and the pillar of the cloud of fire by night. So it represents the presence of God going along with them. So wherever they go, every time they move, this pillar of cloud by day will shelter them. Could you imagine the estimate of the people moving out of Gushen is, they're saying, the scholars are saying, is around 2.5 million people, including children and women, more or less. So could you imagine the length of the procession that they're doing? Remember, they do not have car. They do not have a bus. They are just walking with their children and with their livestock. So it will be a very long journey that they need to do. So God, by his grace and mercy, had assured them that his presence will go along with them and they will be wherever God wants them to be, and that is the Canaan. They will go back there. So in every situation, they, they have to pay attention, whether they will understand, because it doesn't make sense why they are asked to go and income in front of the sea. But that's what God wants them to be. So they, they paid attention, they stayed there, and what does that mean to us? For us, we also need to pay attention when we are facing our Red Sea moments. I do not know your Red Sea. I do not know what you're going through, but we need to pay attention what God is leading us to do. How can we know? that God is leading us to do something. First, he gave us his word. The Bible is readily available for us to read. We are not even in a country where we need to hide and read a Bible, to have fellowship together. 
we have the freedom to read it, meditate on it, and study on it. God's Word is a complete word. It says in Hebrews chapter, chapter 4, 12, that the Word of God is a double-edged sword. It penetrates through the heart and through the mind. It's very powerful that He will also use it to guide us and lead us, as He says in 2 Timothy 3.16. It is the, God, it is the breath of God that has been put into His Word. So His Word is complete, and we have it available for us. Do you have your Word, your Bible with you today? Nasa phone na lang. We don't even open up our phone as we read through. Is it just for, for show that we have this app in our phone? How do we know if the Word of God is saying why? How do we know if what I'm saying is real or not if we don't check it out? One more thing that God had gave us so that we could pay attention to His direction is the presence of His Holy Spirit. It says in chapter 14 of John, I will leave you a helper. I will give you the Holy Spirit who will guide you into all truth. So his presence will go along with us. Every believer, a genuine believer of Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. You might question, is it true? Well, that's what the Bible says. If we genuinely receive Jesus as our Savior and our God, His dwelling of the Holy Spirit is within us. So He will guide us into all truth through His Word, and also He has provided us a church body, our pastors, our leaders, in order for us to know where He is leading us to be. So pay attention. We don't capture the things that the world is teaching us. Because God had given us what we need to know more about Him. So after, let's continue on to the history of, the, of Israel. After paying attention with God's direction, we can also act upon God's direction. So God had instructed them to camp in front of the sea. Now, they need to act. We also need to act. We pray. We pray to the Lord. This is my prayer, Lord. Now is our time to act. How? So in chapter 14, verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch forth your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. If we look at this, even the preceding verses in chapter 14, we didn't hear or we didn't read anything that Moses is praying. Because crying here is, is praying, praying or calling unto the Lord. So why do you cry to me? The question of the Lord to Moses is this. It is the Lord who is asking Moses, Why, Moses, are you crying to me? What is the situation? Why? The situation is this. Earlier on, we read that Pharaoh's mind, he changed his mind. Initially, he allowed them to go. Go, he says, go to your people, go to your God and worship your God wherever you want to go. But after a while, they realize and they have a change of mind, a change of heart, and they pursued again the Israelites. So upon hearing and upon learning that the, Israel, the Egyptians are coming against towards the Israelites, the people are now greatly in fear. Even I, if I am one of the people of Israel, if I know that Pharaoh, with all his 600 chariots, kasi ang kanyang chariots during the time, they are the work of the arts. Ito na yung pinakamagaling na chariot during their time. I might fear as well. I might cry also, why did I get out of Egypt when I will die here? So the people is 
fearful. And the Lord, knowing Moses, I believe, this is my own belief. Hindi po nakasulat ito sa Biblia. Let me clear it up too. But I believe that because of the closeness of Moses to God, God knows the heart of Moses. Even if he didn't cry out to God, that maybe he might say, Panginoon, anong gagawin ko ngayon? What will I do now, now that the, that the Egyptians are coming? What will I command the people to do? Shall I command them to jump out of the sea when that's the only way? And be drowned there? So God asked this question to Moses, Why do you cry to me? So now, after praying, it is time for Moses to act. What did God say? Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea. So God uses the staff. It is not the staff that divides the sea. It is God who divides the sea. He used the staff as a representation that God can use anything to work His miracle. Hindi po ibig sabihin, oh, I have my staff now. I can also cast out the sea in the in East Coast, then it will divide. Hindi po. God can use anything to magnify His presence upon Moses. That he had laid that authority to this man whom he called to raise up these people to lead them out. So what happened? So he lifted up his staff and the sea had opened up and the people walked in dry ground. Could you imagine a sea when it is uh, sabihin nating empty? Anong situation? Maputik, di ba? Muddy. And maybe so many things in there. But God made it dry. Dry ground. It says dry ground. So He promised to get them out, and indeed He did it, but not in the way or thinking that maybe Moses is thinking. Yes, He led them in dry ground, but in the seabed. Dry ground. But in the seabed. So when we think about how God works, it is beyond our comprehension. We cannot even explain how things happen because it is God who is working in our midst. Don't get me wrong, mga kapatid, when I say that there are times that we need to take action upon our prayer. We can never overemphasize the importance of prayer. Prayer is our lifeline to the Lord. But there is a time also that we need to take an action in the things that we are praying. So maybe many of you will be asking, oh, so I need to take action too. Well, we got many, many ideas about these things. Okay, let me set an example. Let me say something about this one. For example, we are praying for a reconciliation to a sister, to a brother that we have offended and we are not talking for many years now. We are praying, we keep on praying. But we don't want to take action. Nasa tabi mo na. Nasa harapan mo na sa church. And the Lord is impressing to our heart, talk to him, talk to her. Ayaw ko, Lord, dapat siya mauna. <laughs> but the thing is, we are the answer to our prayer. One thing that we keep on praying is, this, change the heart of my employer, Lord. Well, there's nothing wrong asking and praying for that. Why not we do the other way? Instead of asking the change of heart of our employer, why not that we change that way of prayer by asking, Lord, change my heart towards my employer. 
changed my heart to love her even if he's called me all the time. Help me to see her in the lens of your eyes and love her through your heart. We can pray that. So these are the things that, for example, we are praying for some sin. That help, help me, help me, Lord, to get out of this sin. Help me, Lord, to get, get out of this wrong relationship. Yeah, you don't want to do anything about it. You're in a wrong relationship. You keep on praying to be out of that relationship. Yet you keep on doing, you keep on talking, you keep on... Duh. what we are trying to say that there are times that we need to take action to the prayer that we are doing. There are times too that we cannot do anything but we wait for the Lord to do it. So <laughs> this is what I said this morning. Kagayang uh, sabi ko this morning is that I do not want, I am deliberating this for many, many days. Lord, I do not want to share this one. Please, Lord, don't. But I think we need to. So, if we take, we need to take action to our prayer. So, does that mean that if you are looking for a spouse, a husband maybe, or a wife, do you need to take action too? Because sabi, you need to take action upon your prayer, right? So, what is your... I know this, this topic is rather debatable. Many of you might not agree with me. But, this is what it is now. This is what is happening, not just in the world, but inside the church as well. If we look at the app, there are many dating sites in the app. There is a Christian dating site, there is this, there is that. Okay, I'm not saying that it is wrong. But my question is this. Do you think that is God's way for you to find the spouse that you are praying from the Lord? Do you think that what we are going to do will bring glory to his name? Kaya ano natin dito is that if it is his will, whatever circumstances we are, wherever we are, he will give it to us. He will give it to you. Kasi sa akin, parang nag-resign na ako dyan. <laughs> kaya, kaya nga ang ano ko dito is that if it is His will, if it is that bring glory to you, glory to the Lord, then go for it. But the thing is, He gave us His Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and guide us into all truth. We receive wisdom not from the wisdom of the world. We receive wisdom from the wisdom of the Holy Spirit himself through his word. So be very, very careful. Hindi ibig sabihin na, I need to do a take action. I'll do my action now. I'm already out of the calendar. I'm already 31. Next year, I'm 32. I can no longer reproduce. <laughs> mga kapatid, mga kapatid, this, the Lord loves us so dearly and He does not want us to do something that will make us suffer and cry. So may the Lord guide us whatever is the desire of our heart. Delight in the Lord. Prayer is answered. Our prayer are all answered by the Lord. Yes, no, and wait. Sometimes waiting is the most difficult one. Mas maigi pa yung no, alam mo ng no. 
Pero yung wait, wait until how long, Lord, ah? How long, long, Lord? Very long, long na. Well, if it is the long, long until eternity, we say, we meet the Lord, then so be it. That's what He is. That's what He wants. But while we are waiting, what will we do with our lives? What we are waiting, while we are waiting for God to answer, whatever, whatever are the prayers that we have, be productive for the Lord while waiting. Do not be idle and do nothing because God can use our lives for the glory of His name. Submit to Him because I know when we abide in Christ, our prayer will change into what His will is. He says that in the book of John, abide in me and my word abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Hindi lang po yung given to you ang pag-iisipan natin dito. Kasi minsan, inaano natin, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Pero hindi natin binasa yung una. Ang una doon is we need to abide in the Lord. Because when we are abiding in the Lord and our heart is so close to God, the desire of our hearts will change into that heart that God and Jesus has. So our prayer will be answered because we are praying in accordance to His will. So ladies, don't freak out. We are the daughters of the King. Amen. So when we are, let's continue on. So upon paying attention to God's direction, we put action, we act upon God's direction, and now we ought to trust God's direction. We, Sunday. We ought to trust. God's direction. Okay? We pay attention. We act upon God's direction. Now, trust God's direction to our lives. We are hindered to trust God when we allow fear and doubt to, to dominate our mind. Kapag takot na takot tayo, wala na yung trust. Wala na. When we are so panicking, maybe when the time of the Egyptians, the Egyptians is pursuing Israel, when they are so fearful because the enemies is closing into them, they have forgotten who is their God. They have forgotten that God has performed ten plagues of miracles. And they have forgotten that. And we don't even know how long is their journey, out of their journey in the promised land. There's no specific timing, but maybe a few days only. Nakalimutan na kung ano yung ginawa ng Panginoon sa kanina. That's why when fear creeps into the heart of the Israelites, what did they do? They start complaining to Moses. In chapter 11, uh, in verse 11, chapter 14, it's read here. It is, is it, these are the words of the Egyptian, of the Israelites to Moses. Is it because there is no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would be, have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So this is what I'm saying. They have forgotten what has God done to them. There are ten miraculous plagues that Aaron and Moses has performed in the presence of Pharaoh. And they know about it. But they forgot. They forgot who God is. Then they start to complain. And it seems that this is the only one of the complaints that they do. 
Every time that they face uncertainty, the, Egypt, the Israelites complain. God is so gracious to them that every day, every morning, He provided them manna. And at night, He provided them quail. Yet in the end, they still complain. He says, is it manna all the time? Is it meat all the time? So there is no more gratefulness to what God had given them. So this is what fear and doubt comes to them once fear engulfs their heart. They start to complain. They start to murmur. So where is trusting there? No more. No more trusting. So when we allow fear and doubt hindered our heart, we might also forget who is our God. No matter how fearful we are, no matter how hard our circumstances, remember that the God whom, who gave us Jesus as our Savior is the God who parted the Red Sea, who had provided a dry ground for Israel to walk through, is the same God who loves us today. Do not forget. Remember the promises of God to us. Remember those blessings that He had given us. Remember those times that when we are in need, God had provided for us. Sinong magsasabi sa atin today na kahit one dollar, walang laman yung wallet natin? God had never, never left us in need. Because He promised that He will provide for all our need. Now, as a church, the Living Word Fellowship, I just want us to, to say this as an example of how the Lord has been working. Remember the time, uh, maybe some of you has not uh, joined us at YWCA. In early 2017, we are at YWCA, we are having our services there, but we are told that they will not renew our lease. So, pastor, our pastor, our pastoral staff, they have to look for a place. But the thing is, if they have not, we pray, of course, we pray as a church. So prayer at this time, and I am connecting now the action, and now is the trusting. If they have prayed, and they didn't take action to look for a place, you think we will be here now? If Pastor Ruel, because he, he is the one who is the very actively looking for place at the time. If Pastor Ruel keep on praying and just sit down and do nothing, you think Mapex will come now to us? No. It is God who guide the path and give way and make way for our pastors to know that there is a place like Mapex for us to have. Okay, we get the place. But there's another problem. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough money for the renovation. And what did happen? We continue to trust the Lord. Yes, we continue to trust the Lord. But who provided for the need of the church? We know that it is God. But it is His people, you and me and in anyone who is a part of this church, had contributed for the building and renovation of this place. So the thing is, we pay attention, we put an action to our prayer, now it is time to trust God of what He is going to do. So after our list now, currently now, after our list here, will be over. I do not know if we will continue or not. I do not know we might need to move. I do not know if we will, because it is the Lord who planned and everything else. There's a for sale place there, next door. 
13 million daw. Pero as usual, kulang ang pera natin. But I am reminded when Moses was given the instruction by God to build the tabernacle. The tabernacle is a portable worship place for the Israelites that wherever they go, they have to carry. And they need materials. They need things to build. What did Moses do? He appealed to the people that they will bring their voluntary offering. Ito po, let me, re, let me re-emphasize. Voluntary offering. Offering that comes from the heart. They give. And you know what happened? Moses has to stop the people from giving because they are so much that they have given. Have you, have you ever, I am just wondering, they are in the wilderness. They are not even in Canaan yet, but where did they get their money or their gold, their silver, where did they get it? That's something that maybe, let's learn more about it. Maybe it can, can be learned, maybe. But that's what something that what? When God's people give, there will be a blessing that will happen to His church. So are you willing, mga kapatid, as a part of this church, because this church is not ours, not even Pastor Wells, not even for the elders, this is the church of God Himself. So if we are a part of this church, my challenge to all of us today, give your all to God. Because when we give our all to God, He will work it out for His glory. Keep trusting the Lord. We may not know what will happen next. We may not know what will happen at the end of this year. But one thing is sure, God will see us through. As an, the church needs workers. Our pastor is alone now. Wala na siyang partner. Iniwanan siya ni Pastor Ray. <laughs> is there someone in our midst that the Lord is speaking to you silently, touching your heart, giving you a nudge? Mag full time ka na. But somehow you still cannot make up your mind. May the Lord speak to us and answer the call of God. We are also in need of workers. Ang mga praise kids po natin, mga kapatid, kulang ang mga teachers. Are there someone who want to volunteer that we can work together for these praise kids? We are also in need of musicians. Give your talents to the Lord. Sabihin mo, I don't have time. No, we got time actually. Who of us will say we don't have time when we got time to look at the Facebook and so forth and so on? We have time to go somewhere else, yet we do not have more time for the Lord. So the challenge for all of us today is if God, who is able to work through upon the lives of the Israelites, and he has placed them in a condition and in a situation that no one else could be turned to but God. Let us not wait for that moment that we are cornered to and we got nothing else to go but God. Or maybe you are in that situation now. You are in a place where you do not, want, you do not know what to do. You are in a corner where what, what will I do, Lord? Now look at, let us look at the word of Moses to the people. When they are fearful, this is what he says. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see 
again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. So there is a time for us to be silent. The words of Moses in Psalms 46 verse 10, the words of the Lord says, Be still and know that I am God. I do not know your Red Sea moments. Individually, personally, are you waiting or are you in a situation like no solution at all? A family member is sick and there's no way out. There's no cure for that illness. Or are you trying or waiting for an approval of your visa yet like nothing, nothing is happening? Actually, God is doing something. He just wants us to realize that the God who had parted the Red Sea is the same God who could meet all our needs, whatever the need is, in accordance to his riches and glory. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, you have shown us how mighty, how powerful you are, that nothing is impossible to you. You have shown us that you are God beyond description, that whatever need we have right now, you can meet them all because you are our loving Father. You see us individually, Lord. You see us as a church body. And whatever are the things that we are facing, challenges, enormous ones, big ones, but we know that you are bigger than all of this, mightier than anyone else. Because you, our God, you are beyond comprehension, beyond description. You can do exceeding ways, mighty ways, even if we don't understand. We surrender our whole being to you. And thank you for loving us. Thank you that you have gifted us Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. May I ask everyone to please stand up with me let us sing and meditate on this song and be free to cry out to God whatever is your need and let us worship him through this song God will make a way God will make a way where it seems to be no way and works in ways we cannot see He will make a way for me He will be my guide Yes, Lord In love and strength in each new day Let's leave our hands and say, God will make a way. Hallelujah. God made a way where it seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my God. Holy Ghost, lead to His side. With love and strength in each new day, He will make a way, He will make a way. We're going to sing that one more time. I know some of us are going through struggle. We have question. You know, we're just starting 2023 and I know some of us are tired. Who is lift up? Lift up your hands. You say you're tired. Pagod ka na. 
We're just starting the new year. And some of us are waiting for an answer. And maybe stuck in a corner. You don't know what to do. But be reminded what we have learned today. What we have heard today that God can make a way. The Israelites saw the enemies chasing them. The Israelites saw that the Red Sea, they were looking with their eyes, their physical eyes, but God reminded them who He is. And today we're being reminded who God is. Hallelujah. The Lord make a way. We just need to pay attention, take action, and trust God's direction upon our lives. Hallelujah. Before we sing it again, let me read to you Psalm 62. And let me minister to Allah. He says 62 verse 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. This is all of us too. Verse 8. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before Him. God is a refuge for us. I repeat it again. Trust in Him at all times. Trust in Him at all times. Not just on Sundays, but every day at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before Him. And God is a refuge for us. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for this day. Let's declare this place that God will make a way. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. God will make a way. Let's sing it. Lift up our hand and say, God will make a way for it seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide, holding closely to His side. With love and strength, your each new day, He will make a way. He will make a way. In love and strength, in love and strength, in each new day, He will make a way. He will make a way in love and strength. In love and strength, He reached you day. He will make a way. He will make a way. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Let's just raise a hand and receive the benediction. Verse 1 of chapter 62 of Psalms. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Lord, as we face this brand new year, we will not be shaken because you are a rock and you are a fortress. And my soul, our soul, our heart, our mind rests in you. Remind us, oh God, as we face this new year, that each time we will face a Red Sea moment, you are the God who will make a way. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Before we go, just turn to somebody and tell that person, trust in Him at all times. God bless everyone. Thank you. May, see you all next Sunday. God bless. Take note, Paul.